0: Before we delve into this music-centric episode that's tons of fun, I want to put you on to a promotion running through the Osiris Media Group with Harry's Razors. Times are tough right now, but Harry's is still here to help you look your best while saving you a little cash along the way. Business on top? PJs on bottom? Harry's has your grooming needs covered with high-quality blades as low as $2 each delivered straight to your doorstep. I I took advantage of these odd times and I had some fun with facial hair and treated myself to a quarantine stash. And while those in my life uh, are unamused, it does give me a chance to use these blades and I am absolutely hooked. Get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com backslash margin, M-A-R-G-I-N. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. In these particularly challenging time, feel a little bit better about your purchase as 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. And to support those who need it most right now, Harry's is donating $1 million worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the United States. That's incredible. Listeners to this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com backslash margin you'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com backslash margin to start shaving better today. Let's get into it.
1: Margin, the margin, cross
0: the margin, cross the margin, margin. margin. Chris. 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 Podcast. To Across the margin, the cross the margin, Across the where we take you behind the scenes of the online magazine and deeper into the stories. I am your host, Michael Shields, and today we get to hear from extremely talented artists and learn about his uh, latest project, one which is truly, truly awesome. So on the program today is Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, producer, and visual artist J.T. Daly, who fronted the Nashville-based band Paper Route and more recently co-produced Kay Flay's album, Everywhere is Somewhere, including the hit single, Blood in the Cut, for which he received Grammy nominations for Best Rock Song and Best Engineered Album. Now, JT is on to his next project. His new band is called The Voodoo Children, who are releasing their debut EP this spring, entitled Instant Nostalgia. The Voodoo Children could be looked at as a collective, a teaming of talents that JT has worked with or gotten to know throughout his career. The grouping includes his partner, Joe Meredith from Sad Penny, Daniel Tashian, producer and co-writer with Casey Musgraves, he uh, produced her album, Golden Hour, which is absolutely tremendous. Kay plays is a part of the project, Bantug, Tug, Abby Wright, Angela Plake of Bandit, Oren Thornton, Josh Lippi, his longtime engineer, Josh Lovell, and Greg Alexander of the New Radicals. This extremely talented group of musicians you'll hear in this interview with JT came together at a place he dubbed Camp Voodoo. A ranch outside of Nashville where everyone was able to step outside of their normal lives for a bit to create. This is where Instant Nostalgia was born. I've had a chance to listen to all of Side A of Instant Nostalgia. A riveting set of six songs. And to me, I hear hints of My Bloody Valentine, a whole bunch of broken social scene, and even some early Smashing Pumpkins. The first single off Instant Nostalgia is out. It's a song called Caroline. And before we go further, here's a taste of that track. dropped another track off Instant Nostalgia, a ripper called Follow Blind. the Voodoo Children certainly become the main focus of this interview. JT and I commenced by talking about his childhood, his early influences, his solo album entitled Memory, the soundtrack uh, for ESPN's 30 for 30 film Chuck and Tito that he composed. It's a wild story behind that. And also one of the prettiest songs I've heard in a while called Tangled Up that he worked on with Chanel McGuinness. So I'm positive you're going to enjoy this interview. With JT Daily. Hey, thank you so much For uh, making the time, JT I appreciate it Of course, man And uh, hey, I'm just curious too And I'm always, you know, now When I talk to people during this I'm wondering... Uh, how are you maintaining during this whole thing, this sheltered life? Um, you know, I think I'm mostly curious talking to artists and as, acting, uh, asking artists about this. It's, you know, some some find it a place to, to work. Some find it, um, you know, overwhelming and their creative spirits are a little dwindled. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, uh, I think I'm doing pretty good, honestly. I, mm-hmm. I, All things considered, you know, we're doing great for 2020. How's that?
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> that's perfect.
1: Yeah, because my wife and I both work in the arts. You know, she mm. she just released her EP as well, and you know, there's no there's no shows. There's there's really no way to kind of prove that you mean it.
0: Yeah, I always kind of
1: yeah. I always kind of feel like shows are the way that you 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 prove it. You know. Yeah. Um, especially now and that, that nothing against the people that don't play shows, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, there, there really is kind of two different worlds, you know, there's the create and share and, and that's kind of where it ends, you know, which is why mm-hmm. soundtracks, you know, are, you know, such an incredible thing. Cause you can't, you can kind of put on whatever album, you know, that you want it and you, the, your real life becomes, you know, a movie or a music video. And I'm very thankful for the people that make those types of albums. Um, But then there's the people that make albums and then they come out and they're like, no, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to tell this story (laughs) and share it with you. Even though, you know, I'm sick and it's raining outside and ticket sales were low. I'm here to bleed for this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I like that. You know, it shows that you mean it, and also just a, kind of an organic way to bust it into the world, and, and you kind of unleash in that music that that you recorded without any barriers, right there and naked to the world. It's, it's there's a whole different thing there, and I'm I'm a live music junkie myself, so I'm always excited once I hear an album I like to um, hear it live and, and experience it in that way. And we, you know. That's, that's not happening right now. That's, no. I, I just got so, so sad. <laughs> I
1: know. And it's such a huge part of music is the yeah. community of people. And you don't Absolutely. really realize that until you're in it, you know, yeah. until, and because even I, I can say from all the projects that I've ever been a part of where we've mm-hmm. had to tour it, you know, it, it's just so hard to, like, get out there, you know? And mm-hmm. maybe it's it mm-hmm. was a little bit harder <laughs> in our situation because, you know, my I come from a band. I mean, we toured in a van for 10 years. And yep. just to be like, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there's there's no huge evolution besides the music, so you can't really wow the audience with a new light show or... Mm-hmm or anything. It's just, here's the new music. I believe this. What can we all learn from it together? You know? Yeah. And, but once you get out there and you get a few shows in, then it becomes real and then it's all worth it. And you hear people talk about maybe what they took away from the songs, or you see people singing along all, all the things that kind of sound cheesy, but they really aren't at the time. No, they're you know? not. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It gives you life. It really
0: does. Absolutely. Sing longs are, are dope. They get they get a terrible rep and just moments like that and you know, I I, I. I don't find the cheese there. Yeah, no. Especially when you have a, you have this new project. We're really going to get into the the new band, the Voodoo Children, and that's got to be tough uh, moment to for that to be you know being born into the world. But I kind of want to go back a little bit and learn a little bit more about you as we work our way towards that. And I was just curious. I mean, you're um you're an artist across many mediums, and and you know you I've seen you described uh, many times as a Renaissance man, which makes sense and. Uh, you know, so I was kind of curious when and how you got into the arts, and then obviously particularly in music what how how did yeah. this begin for you
1: man pro you know, I'm so grateful to have the parents that I did mm-hmm. um because they just created such an incredible environment for me to express myself awesome. and to also kind of do it within restraint, you know, like they I, w- I wasn't, you know, we, I wasn't really given, um, well, let's, you know, to be honest, we, we just didn't really have a lot of money. It was just like, yeah. you, you got to come up with this on your own, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got a paper out to save money for my first guitar. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to have to save money for like a year before I can even get yeah. this guitar, but it's going to be worth it. You know,
0: is that why uh, your band was Paper out?
1: It's it's one of the reasons. Yeah, there there yeah. were multiple guys in the in the band that yeah, had sure. paper routes at the time, oh, and cool. it just yeah. It well, you know, there were multiple guys that had paper routes at one time. Is mm-hmm. what is what mm-hmm. I meant to say. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we just. It reminded us of the Midwest and just simpler times, honestly. Just daydreaming at work. Um, yeah. But, man, I don't think I would be anything if it wasn't for, mm-hmm. for my parents and the environment that I was raised in. Um, it was just so encouraged. It was never you know, I'm kind of happy you brought this up because I've been meaning to ask my parents about this. I don't Mm -hmm. remember a time where I just wasn't like making something with a goal in mind and to a fault, honestly, you know, and that's that's my strength, that's my weakness. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember even being old enough, you know, when I I had like my first spring break, like when it actually mattered, you know, which I guess probably would have been sophomore year in high school because I yeah, could drive. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, well I know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna get a four track recorder and make an EP. And I'll like make the art. So by the end of this week, I'll have four or five new songs and like an EP cover. That that's what I'm gonna do. And it's it's just been that way my whole life. My my dad was is a really good musician and still plays music. I mm-hmm. I make the family joke is that he has more shows than me because I think <laughs> last year he did. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, you know, the wineries, yeah. you know, I, he's not uh-huh. like out like touring or arenas sure. or anything, but, I, but what's I mean, it's music. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what he's doing, you know. It's still his passion. The passion is not There's no lack of passion in the Daily Family. <laughs> and Amazing. uh and Or just the pursuit of just pushing, you know, like, man, the guitar tone can be better. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. I've got that from my pops, you know. Um, yeah. And I remember being young and just being kind of confused why he wasn't writing his own songs, though. Not as a mm-hmm. slight to him, but just, it. you know, I was just kind of processing it. Like, oh, so this song existed before. So, <laughs> you know, and just I remember being, man, I would do anything to really hear this song. But I, I remember like starting to write a song about a zoo. And I, mm. I'm sure there was some correlation between Noah's Ark there because I grew up in a re- yeah. <laughs> religious family. And mm. I was just trying to like put together the song. I specifically remember writing a lyric about giraffes and being like, Don't know if my dad's going to sing about giraffes, but (laughs) I was trying to write a song for my dad's band, you know, and then my mom was, uh, painting and had sort of sadly given up her, her life dream of being, you know, just a, a full on visual artist, but had found a way to, you know, uh, connect art with commerce and was like making crafts and stuff and would go to these like craft fairs in the Midwest and sell her art. And, um, so I just remember her in the back room listening to the radio painting all the time. And this was kind of, this was my life. And we, you know, also, I, this is a huge thing, but it's so like, just again, cheese to say, but we really did not watch TV. Like never mm-hmm. watched tv and so, some things i wasn't allowed to watch like i wasn't allowed to watch mtv so i had to like mm-hmm. you know watch it at my other friend's house and that was a huge part of my upbringing was like this is the black hole sun sound garden video this yeah. terrifies me you know yeah. um it was you got all that
0: mtv man
1: yes yeah it was <laughs> it was just all in my head it's just always wow. kind of been there
0: a lot of freedom there, too. That's cool to explore your music. And there sounds like there's music around. Was there music in the household? What were they listening to? And what were you growing up listening to? And what was inspiring you early on?
1: Oh, it was it was nonstop, man. It, it nonstop? truly yeah. was. Yeah. You know, at, at that point, we were, because of, like, the church we were going to, we were mostly only allowed to listen to religious music, which okay. I, you know, again, I... I think I had sort of two options there. One was to look back and be pissed off about that. (laughs) And one (laughs) is to look back and again, celebrate that and that restraint and just realize, man, that's what made me who I am. And that's what gave me whatever it is that I bring to the table. And so it was very, it was a very different thing that I sort of latched on to. It was, choral you know it was choirs mm. it was multiple voices it was productions and it was lyrics with conviction and yeah. I I think at an early age I started I started to kind of be able to tell like well this song like it, it's not it's not I guess we keep coming back to real in this conversation, yeah. you know, a- like earnest. It's,
0: yeah, This, yeah, you could tell it wasn't earnest. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, it was. You know, they're they're. This is just a Christian song because they needed to write a Christian song. Yeah, this sucks. You know, <laughs> yeah. and and I also am very thankful for how you know my parents would sort of drop me off at these religious like record stores. And you would go to the chart and it would be like, if you like Smashing Pumpkins, you're going to love Starflyer 59, you know. (laughs) And because of that, I found Starflyer 59, which is like one of my favorite bands. Uh Um, And I think it kind of taught me at a young age to almost like be a crate digger, you know, and just – sift through so many artists to find one thing that I liked that I could believe that was real to me. Um, and then I remember on the way home from my grandparents, for some odd reason, it was just like, okay for us to listen to classic rock. Uh, and I, I think that was the beginning of like the cracks, you Mm -hmm. know, in, in my parents and, you know, those walls and them just being like, you know, why don't we just think for ourselves, um, yeah. you know, because my mom might be the biggest David Bowie fan on the planet, you know, and my dad taught me music theory with Beatles songs, and that's that awesome. slowly started to be uh, allowed, you know. Um,
0: yeah. Probably earned some trust at that point, too. And, yeah. um, I'm You know, I'm not surprised to hear uh, this, this crate digging and all these different um, – you know, uh, varieties of music and genres. Cause I mean, in all your different works, there's, there's just a lot of different stuff going on. And so this is, this is, that's why I want to, I was really curious about, you know, what was in the home growing up and, and what you were listening to. Cause it's just, there's, there's, you know, you're, you can't be pinned down through, um, you know, when looking at your career, which I've been going over a little bit the last few days. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah. what, one of, one of the first songs I, I, I really was taken by when um, I started digging into your music was uh, um, it's, this just incredibly, it's it kind of, it, it, it actually uh, stopped me in my tracks. It's Tangled Up. That's the one oh, with wow. Chanel McGinnis. I mean, it's arrestingly beautiful. Was that just a one-off? That was last year, right? Was that just a one-off um, you did with her? It's so good.
1: Dude, thank you, man. I it's am so stunning. excited that you asked about this song. <laughs> because, <laughs> good. because the story behind it is so absurd that it's almost not believable. Um, oh, yes. Where, so I... You know, a lot of people, a little insight to this music industry, <laughs> this this ridiculous industry is, you know, <laughs> you have music publishers and mm-hmm. they, in a lot of ways, they have become, this is going to be a real quick tangent, but they-, they I have want become, it, please. Yeah, they've become, um, oh, man, I might get just crucified for, for this sentence, but <laughs> it just- so, Some of my favorite A&R is in music publishing now. I'll say Mm -hmm. that because Mm -hmm. I feel like the true artist development, the true artist growth is in music publishing where you have these people like, for instance, you know, like Warner Chappell um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, if fill in the blank, anyone, Pulse, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you have, you have these people, a lot of my friends are on Pulse, I'm on Warner Chapel, but Mm -hmm. these people will sign you. And then you're, you know, a lot of times you're given an A&R person and you hope that it works out because they are, they are in it for the long haul. Like they are in it to develop you as an artist. And Mm -hmm. you might not have your hit single or your first big sync, you know, years down the road, if you're just starting. And, they are, you know, to their job is to figure out what your strengths are and to help you evolve as an artist. And that is what old record label a and in, in my opinion, like so much of of what publishing is doing now is what record mm-hmm. labels used to do. Whereas now I, I, I sadly just kind of see so many artists where they just kind of get one shot. You know, they're signed because... The the A&R at the label thinks that, you know, they might have like a great single and they're brought on. And if the single doesn't work, they're kind of already finished. You know, it's like, well, we can't really spend another 20K on another radio single for you. when we've already spent two hundred thousand dollars on your album because we would rather just call the two hundred thousand dollars a wash instead of lose $220,000, you know what I mean? Like, instead yeah. of putting more money into this, we're already done. And mm-hmm. that's what I love about music publishers, is that, you know, you could think you have the hit, and they're like, well, that wasn't it. But, you know, surprisingly, I bet your lyrics would work in country. Why don't we try that now? You know, they're, it's just yeah. really creative um, thinking, and if you find the right family you can be with them for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I was um, free at the time. And I was trying to, um, you know, going back, like we were saying earlier with these, you know, these sort of like mini or large goals that I'm making in my mind. I had decided at the time to tour with this artist that I had written some stuff and produced, her name was Kay Flay. And we were Mm -hmm. out and we were touring and I kind of let my management know, like, hey, I'm, I'm out. I'm music directing this tour, and, I, and I'm, I'm playing in the band. But I'm going to still write. Trust me. Like, I, this, <laughs> you know, my, my career isn't over, you know. <laughs> I promise. I'm bringing Don't my studio. Yeah, like, I'm bringing my <laughs> studio on the tour bus. The mm-hmm. back of the tour bus is going to be, like, my gear is always going to be set up. Why don't we set up rights in every country that I go to? Why don't we find as many different artists that we can work with? Oh, and wow. And I had, um, I've known of Chanel for a while, um, and I've she had covered another one of the songs from uh, the band Paper Out that I was in and mm-hmm. was just such a fan of her voice and had met her a few times, and she just seemed... Um, Uh, like a, like a great human, honestly, you know, someone that I could be around and be like, that, that person rules. Um, So I was in Ireland and I thought, well, I already know, you know, like I, I told my management some people that I would like to work with in some of these countries. So we played Dublin and how it would work is the tour manager would like, the artist would meet, at like you know the venue, and then they would basically like be either ubered over or like taken like through the venue to the bus, and then Chanel meets me on the bus, and we go back and we have like a couple of hours before you know bus call before we all everyone has to leave, and we start and finish that song that in that night in a couple of hours wow. and wow, that's crazy the we, that weekend. I I kind of wanted to give it like a pitch, you know, like here here's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. And I wanted slide guitar in that song and we didn't have a slide on the bus cuz it was in I forget I, the, there there's some story there, but either way I didn't have a slide, but I'm so I was like, you know, people use like beer bottles back in the day, you know. So yeah. I the slide guitar in that song is a beer bottle and also just like this sample that I made on this this Teenage Engineering OP1 um keyboard of a slide guitar and somehow like faked a lap steel was like kind of what I was going for and played everything on the bus tried to EQ out like the hum of the generator and turned it in and she was like I love this like like let's do it I'm going to send back some vocals and I'm like okay so she sent back the vocals I sent it back and she's like I think it's done like let's let's like really mix it and I'm like okay I go to find the song. It's missing. There is no session. There is no proof that this song ever existed. I check my backup drive. I, you know, I'm also realizing there, there was a hard drive that died in this story. That I'm, I'm sparing you that story as well. Yep. But um, mm-hmm. basically, we were handcuffed to this version of a song where the slide guitar is a beer bottle and a synth. <laughs> and like i i need to go back and listen to it now there might have been like some like you know drums from the walls you know which now uh-huh. is very fiona apple you know like people I'm, I'm not inventing the wheel here but um you know it was just sort of they were placeholders um yep. That now yeah, wasn't supposed
0: to be that, yeah.
1: Yes, have 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 a lot of characters. So I'm very happy you asked about that song.
0: Oh, um, yeah, it's gorgeous. I I, I love the um, the resourcefulness there too. And it actually it just made me think about one of the um, I kept listening over and over again to a lot of tracks on Song for a Film. Yeah. And I couldn't find that much information on it. That's when you did. I guess it was the, um, the soundtrack to the thirty for thirty for uh, yeah. UFC Chuck Chuck and Tito. And um, when I um. I was, I was kind of trying to find out more. I love some of the soundscapes. Uh, Many new things is one that I just kept listening to over and over again. But I saw that you were using, um, hey, this goes back to the, the bottle, uh, kind of uh, uh, punches that were thrown in some of yeah. these fights, uh, things that you've seen as instruments. The bell was another instrument. Um, uh, uh, even breaths from the fights were, were employed um, just during the production. And that's pretty amazing. Can you speak on that a little bit?
1: Micah Brown? Uh, is Mm -hmm. the director of that film. And, you know, none of this, I mean, obviously none of this would have happened without him um, because the film wouldn't exist. But also Mm -hmm. the creative freedom to that soundtrack, I I don't know if he gets as, as much credit as he should because he fought so hard for that soundtrack to be what it is and insisted... I mean, a lot of people don't know, if I can back up real quick, a lot of people don't know Please. that with, with a lot of, you know, films like that, it's all just, like, royalty-free music. And a lot of these directors, nothing against them, because I understand, Man. you know, they, they're, they can spend their money on, on making their art however they'd like, but it's not going to go to music. And Micah was so... Um, ins- just insisted on... This music being original for for his film, and he flew out here to Nashville, where I'm at, and sat in my studio and was just like, "Dude, how how can we make this happen?" Like I want to make something, y- you know, unique to to only my film. And the more we talked, uh, the more I sort of realized. And I've said it a few times about that movie. You know, the, these men think that. I mean, they don't think that they, they feel like they are um, infinite, you know, just these mm-hmm. superheroes. And yeah. I tried to approach it almost like a Marvel movie. and I wanted to make theme songs. So I just started reading ah. yeah, I started reading all about these guys, you know, like their nicknames, where they were from. I tried to incorporate um, everything as, as, as much as I could into like telling their story. And uh, yeah, one of the first things I thought of was, well, you know, if Micah wants to have something that's completely unique to his film, what if the instruments are his film? You know, um, wow. so let's let's go through some of this footage. And I had my engineer, uh, a guy named Josh Lovell. Painfully, I I can't take credit for this because I can imagine that it was not a lot of fun. Just go through these fights and pull out anything that we could turn into an instrument. You know, sometimes I would give them notes like, I love the breath in this thing, you know. Or we took the bell from the rounds, you know, like, you know, the end of this round, the ding bell. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, we pitch shifted it way down and we, we just created these drums and as many different found sound things as we could. Anything that could be performed and, um, turns that into its soundtrack. I mean, obviously there are a lot of other instruments on, on, you know, that, that album, but I would say 50% of it probably, especially the drums, so much of the drums, um, you know, you remove the effects, or you just mute a whole bunch of things, and it's kind of it's kind of funny how obvious it is, you know. If I point yes. some things out yeah. to you, you you would really realize, like, oh yeah, that is definitely a dude getting kicked in the chest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to like listen to it with like new ears and like kind of get like you know start searching those things out a little bit. I haven't yeah. listened to it since I, since I knew that it's. Um, and yeah, especially the, what is it? Um, there's one that's like heavy and kind of industrial uh, lies. I think I I'm know. really, I'm excited. yeah, but um, that's, no, that's, I just thought, I just think that's not only just so creative and, and, and that has to be so challenging, but it's really, it's putting, you know, it's taking it, the the action of the film and, and, and actually using it as music. I, I, I'm absolutely fascinated by that. And I just think it's awesome. Um, Thanks, dude. And I think it's, it, it, it turns out it's, it's just good listening on its own, too. I was just loved letting the album play. Uh, it's great. and um, So you've only done one um, solo album, right, in 2012? That's Memory, right?
1: I did, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's it definitely... got, a
0: lot, got a, lot of, a lot of heart in that one. I was... Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some pretty intense, uh, love songs and, yeah. and youth was one that was getting me, but that's, 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 uh, so, I mean, a lot of your focus has been in collaboration with uh, either as product, production or, yeah. or, and steered towards the bands. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean oh. that, that album, you know, memory is man, memory is like a, like a high school graduation photo
0: or something. Yeah. It's it, got to feel like a million years ago, right? It's
1: yeah. And it, <laughs> It's, <laughs> there's a, there's a quote, uh, speaking of this is the second time I'm going to reference this, but there's a quote on the new Fiona Apple album that I read where someone was uh-huh. like, it's not rough around the edges. It's only the edges. <laughs> and, and I, I kind of feel that way about memory exactly. it's about yeah. Put. Yeah. Memory is, uh, was an album I made because we had, uh, you know, I, I was in a band. We had gotten a record deal, and there's not enough story this month to to tell the, all of all of that um, yeah. mess. But um, in in this particular deal, you know, it you know the label went under, and I I just kind of wondered if maybe I had lost the fire. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe it just wasn't for me. Yeah, maybe I should just do visual art. Maybe I should. I was really into music videos at at the time. I I had just done a music video for another artist and was real. I was like doing like the film festival like scene, and I I was like, these are my people. I think you know, like this (laughs) this music industry just steals your soul. Like, why am I Mm -hmm. doing this? Mm -hmm. And it came time to write for our second album. And I every time I sat down to write, I was trying too hard. I was just thinking about singles and I, you know I was just thinking about why it didn't work, you know, which yep. is now looking back is just so crushing um, that that is where my head was was at. I, I wish that yeah. I was producing myself at that point, and I, I could have mm-hmm. just been like, man, success is such a different beast. It has nothing to yep. do with, with what you think it is. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I digress my, my point was is I, I, I had lost it and
0: yep.
1: I went back to that sort of you know spot in I guess reserved in my brain just like that spring break in you know, my sophomore year in high school where I sort of fooled myself into making a solo album I'm like well it would be fun to make a solo album though so what if I make a solo album and I do an album cover. But really, I'm turning these in to paper out for our next album. And that was the way that I sort of got my mind out of like, well, is is our drummer really going to want to play this part? Or, you know, maybe they're going to want to change this lyric. I, I, it was a way, it was an exercise to get myself completely out of that headspace and into another... Sort of mode where all I was doing was just thinking about the songs. And that's all, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that mattered. Um, because also at that point in Paper Out, a huge part of our recording process was sort of like deconstructing and reconstructing. So, you know, we would mm-hmm. like write folk songs and turn them in. And by the end, it would sound like Massive Attack. Um, <laughs> so we were, you know, because we'd like resample ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so I, at the time, it, it just, it made total sense. Like, this is, this is the right thing to do. This will get me there. And what happened was, you know, that album just kind of sat there. We, we, we only used one song from it. And it was Chad, uh, one of, you know, one of the other band members that basically was like, dude, like you, you should release this. Like, I, I really think like these songs mean a lot to you. Mm-hmm. And you you can't really cheat that, you know. Um, and I think that people should hear them. And I was, you know, I, I was going through a divorce and the album mm-hmm. that we had already made for Paper Out, the second album, you know, which I thought those songs were going to be for, was finished. And we were just sitting on it. And it's just another uh. thing that people don't th- realize, you know, with this with this industry is how hard mm-hmm. it is to... It's hard enough to make a song that's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yep. even harder to make a song that's good, you know, that you believe, that has has mm-hmm. lyrics that you love, that that has nothing that makes you cringe, you know, or cringe in the wrong way. Sometimes cringing yeah. in a good way is a whole, it's a whole other conversation. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: you know, I felt like we had done that, and then it just sits there, and it's like, just like a time capsule, man. You can't can't touch it. And then finally it's set free, and then you're out touring it, like we were talking about earlier. And now I'm up there Mm -hmm. singing about just not knowing if I could live without this person in my life because of Mm -hmm. this divorce. But it's like two years ago, and I'm thriving. You know what I mean? (laughs) So (laughs) I I felt like I was lying to myself even. And, Mm. you know... I I keep one thing that I keep on coming back to is that, to a fault, like I was saying earlier, I I just take things a little too seriously. You know, I I just want I want so so hard just to be me and and to tell the truth. So um, when I was up there, There's a gift I just, and a curse there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and there's so I'm not the only person that thinks this way. There's so many people that mm-hmm. do, and I know that they can relate to getting up there on mm-hmm. stage and feeling and feeling like if I don't go back to this place where these lyrics meant something to me, I think I'm just kind of phoning it in tonight. Yeah, and yeah. So I kind of had to just live through that tour, and it really, in the end, memory that that album was, um man, just such a, such a relief to, to release. Um, yeah. because I, I kind of just set a whole other, you know, group of demons free.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it, um, earlier, uh, one of your bandmates said it, it was a lot of It was very personal and absolutely. I could see how, you know, it, the means a lot to you to exist. And, and like you said, time capsule type thing, you kind of walked us, um, you know, I want to make sure we shine a bright light on the Voodoo Children. But you kind of walked us right there in a way when you were um, talking about that, uh, that, that time period where you were a little, um, you know, kind of lost a little fire. Because uh, the lead single um, that came out uh, of the Voodoo Children, which yeah. we're going to find out more about here in a second, um, it's called Caroline. And I came upon a line of you talking about it. And you said, at some point in everyone's life, they reach a point where he, where they are emotionally maxed out. They go numb and are faced with the absoluteness of evolve or die. When that, when this happens, it's always best to have a friend around. And Caroline is a song about reminding someone it's never uh, it's never gonna feel this way again. So I mean, there's there's kind of an allude to the past there, but I mean, this is the project moving forward. Um, I'd really love to get into uh you know what that means to you and what what, what voodoo child's all about.
1: Yeah, 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 man. Um who
0: are, who are the bandmates? You who's, know uh, who's in this band?
1: Yes, a lot, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like a, it's
0: a little bit of a, it's like a collective. I mean, you got it you is. got a, a grouping here, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I for better or for worse, I I think I just sort of s- sat down and and realized I don't know if I'm going to have this this time in my life again uh this this mm-hmm. opportunity in the sense of like I we don't have children yet um I'm able to make an album without anyone sort of looking over my shoulder and critiquing it. It can be kind of like memory, you know, kind of like my solo album. This is just purely made for me and mm-hmm. um I have this list of, you know, sort of life dreams, and one of them was to make, to, to form a project that basically in, involved all of the people that I'm around, you know, my my own version of, like, a family band. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, I I guess the first person I talked into it was probably Um, K-Flay. Because we were out touring at the time, and I I had a couple demos started, and I had shared some with her, and we started writing out on the road. And we we had also had uh, some songs written that we we hadn't really found a home yet for. And I felt Mm -hmm. like they had a place in the Voodoo Children. I, I felt like that that was more the path for, for those songs. So, so yeah, man, we, we started writing a little on the road. And it still just wasn't... It wasn't real until I came back. And Caroline was the first song where I, I just kind of had it all mapped out. I heard it in my head, and I, I knew how to start it. So, you know, I just... I. I I played everything in my studio because I I knew I had Mm -hmm. to have a good pitch. Um, You know, you can't go to the people you love and respect and be like, hey, check this out. I've got this idea for a band and involves like seven people. There's no songs. (laughs) You know, Uh, I I needed to, you know, come in, prove, prove it's worth. Uh, So Caroline Mm -hmm. was it. And I, I had that chorus tracked, and I conned another friend of mine, Daniel Tashian, into writing with me for mm-hmm. for this project. Was just like, dude, trust me, please give me some time. So I went over. He
0: produced um, Casey uh, Musgraves' yes. um, Golden Golden yes. Hour, right? That's yes. such an amazing yeah. album. Yeah. But so, yeah. yeah, you're talking to Daniel.
1: Yeah, Daniel is one of my favorite songwriters. When I first moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think like the second week I moved here, I went to this, to this event that he was like, you know, hosting and performing at and was just jaw dropped when I, when I saw him. I was like, that is a force of nature talent. Um, right. So, you know, I, I don't know what, 19 years later, I'm now working with him, you know, it's just so nuts. Um, and we're, we wrote the song called 1969, which is the first song on side A. And, one, and yep. yep, and and at the end of that session, I played him Caroline and was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And he started like humming and we, you know, that, that verse melody, and we started sort of writing to that. And I left with, with those two songs. And I think I knew, all right, we're we're good now. You know, because I, I probably had five or six already tracked. And but there was just something about having caroline and 1969 started um i just I, I i knew that we had something worth at least listening to um so then i just went to all all the people that i've just been wanting to work with i mean my wife yeah. has one of my favorite voices um mm-hmm. you know i i got spoiled there is
0: she she's a part of it as well What's she her is name?
1: yeah her name's joe yep I knew that I wanted my wife to sing because mm-hmm. she has that voice that, um, just my favorite type of a voice that just dream pop, you know, it's yeah. like dream pop. It yeah. can be Shoegaze. It, mm-hmm. she sings one word and it just sounds happy, sad. That's what I want. Yep. Um, yep. I, I knew, love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I knew that I wanted this guy named Oren Thornton to play guitar with me mm-hmm. on it. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite guitar players. And I knew that he absolutely had to be a part of it. And I knew that I wanted Daniel Tashian to be a part of it because he writes, um, he just has these like clap. He had just, he's just classic. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's probably going to hate that I yeah. said that about him. But he just <laughs> is, man. He oh gosh, yeah. he's so good. He's just so good. Um so I I knew that and I knew that you know, in some ways I knew that Christine should probably be a part of it, K-Flay, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. she was so she was such a huge part of my musical family at at that point. And the rest was just exciting to to figure out. So I, I kind of came back, thought about it, and there's this girl, um, Abigail Wright, Abby Wright, who sang on memory, actually. And mm-hmm. she has just been a friend of mine, and I just love her taste. I just love the things that she, you know, everyone kind of has that, the friend, like the, the, the center of the circle in their music friend group that's like, oh, dude, have you heard, like, this yet? And, you know, yeah. Ab- Abby's that. Abby, I know I'm always going to get some great stuff from Abby. And Mm -hmm. I I just respect her ear. So I was really excited to involve her. Um, Angela um, is another singer on this. And Angela was in a band called Bandit. And Mm -hmm. I loved her voice. And I saw her play years ago. And I wanted to... I don't know. I don't remember if I tried producing her band at the at that point. I've just been wanting to work with her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then another artist, Bantug, in in Nashville. Another artist that I've just been wanting to work with. And she, I saw her play once, and just really loved her arrangements, and kind of felt like, well, this would just be a great. You know, this, this would be awesome because all these people are close and they they were all, it was just so natural. I was thinking late one night. Wow. Let me try that again. I was thinking late one night Mm -hmm. about, um, this, the movie Primer. Have you ever seen the movie Primer?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That filmmaker makes some weird, weird movies. They're yes. great. Weird sci-fi. Incredible. Yep.
1: Incredible. And I was reading about this movie, how he only had X amount of dollars, and how he was basically like, how am I going to find an actor to like make this movie when I, I can see it in my head, I know that it's excellent, but I only have enough money to basically get this camera and edit the damn thing. You know? So how, how mm. am I going to make this real? Um, and he... Uh, realized, like, well, you know, the, the main character in the movie, his best friend, that should just be my best friend, and I should be the main character in the movie because we know how to talk to each other because we talk to each other all the time. So our dialogue will feel natural, and the wife in the movie should just be my wife in real life.
0: Mm.
1: You know, like, <laughs> this, is the, yeah. this is the best way, you know, like, we aren't bringing in these separate humans under a, mm-hmm. a, you know, under a budget with one day to get this dialogue right. I know that I can tell my wife, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of making this, you know, I'm riffing off of what he said, but I'm imagining it. Yeah. He's just like, I know that I can tell my wife, like, that isn't how you would open the refrigerator. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you would turn around and you were yep. upset with me this morning, you know? So I sort of, I, I knew that I had the same situation. I, I didn't have any money. I was going to be doing this completely by myself everything by myself. So, I'm not going to like try and, you know, reach out to like all of these, you know, uh bigger artists or something or try and get like, you know, uh a different producer or a different mixer, etc. I'm going to use my family, the people that are around me naturally so that we have a natural dialogue because we have to move fast and I knew that I wanted to do the camp voodoo thing, and I knew that there would have to be almost like instant chemistry. We would need to mm-hmm. go into the studio and already know how to talk to each other, already feel like we could play a show together. Um, you know, the, the only nerves should just be the overall excitement of something existing at the end of the day that wasn't there when we mm-hmm. started. Um, and that's how I ended up with, this lineup I, I probably should have started with explaining that <laughs> uh,
0: you just mentioned something about uh, you just mentioned Camp Voodoo can you, uh, can you tell us more about that
1: Camp Voodoo was this thing where I was trying just to find I, I love it when uh, the record making process feels sacred I love it when it feels like a special event I, j- I just feel like people sit up a little bit straighter and um, I read something about a vacation once where in order to make a vacation memorable, you need to do two things outside of your comfort zone immediately. And then you'll remember the vacation. If you don't do that, you'll kind of be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we did go to the Bahamas. You know? <laughs> um, and yeah. I've kind of used that same theory with the album you know, recording process. Like you need to... So, there needs to be some curveballs. So I, you know, like... Screen printed these um, invites and mailed them out to, you know, basically my dream team um, Josh Lippi in Sacramento, Kay Flay, Abby, Angela, Orrin Thornton, um, Bantug, and then it would have been my wife, and I believe that's it. And so, you know, we had some people fly in even for it, and I had someone come and make food. We went out to this ranch. We got away from everything and just locked ourselves in this studio, and I had these exercises set up. I kind of divided things up into teams. Um, And everything was based off of nostalgia. Like, even to the point where... (laughs) I had made candles. This is so lame, and I'm going to get just <laughs> ripped on endlessly for this, but I do not care. I even like asked the people like okay, nostalgia, you know what one of the you know the what's the word I'm looking for it it uh the strongest sense is smell, so it's gonna make you mm-hmm. think about something you know like nostalgic, so give me some nostalgic sense, and you know people would tell me some things that they would love, and I like made my i I made the candles (laughs) and I had these candles even all throughout the studio and these songs like very specific, like subjects and, um, would sort of just throw things at the groups and then bounce back and forth and come in and be like, okay, where's the chorus on this one? I love this. Let's maybe try this and then go back into the other room. And then we would start tracking one of those songs that night. And then the next morning, we would start tracking the other one that we didn't get to while the other team was starting their other song. And I basically just had things moving sort of nonstop. And the other thing I knew about that process was I loathe social media. I don't understand it. Actually, I do understand it. <laughs> and I, under- I understand it. I don't understand... Uh, How to use it with art? I just don't. I I I feel it steals so much of the mystique, you know. And I sound one million years old, but trust me, like uh, the joy you got from seeing the single photo of your favorite band's lead singer when you had no Mm. idea what that person looked like for like four months. You thought about that for years. You know, yeah. the you you, you would so. be like. So wait, Eddie better wrote that about what? Or you know, feeling mm-hmm. that he was just the first guy I thought of. But you know, like when I was a kid, there's yeah.
0: Y- no, sometimes the mystery is really <laughs> it, is it adds so much more. No, it's special. It's sometimes we know too much.
1: One hundred percent. Like, I mean, we're we're mm-hmm. forgetting like this. This is you could you know you could compare music and your favorite artist to your a horror movie. You know, when you see the monster, it's not that scary anymore. When you don't see the monster, you create so much more in your own head. It becomes something else entirely. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just miss that so much with art, but I know, or with music especially, but I know that I have to play the game. And I knew that if I was going to release this music and I wanted more than eight and a half people to listen to it i would have to have some sort of content <laughs> so another huge part of camp voodoo was all right here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have the espn guys part of our deal with me soundtracking that film was they mm-hmm. their cameramen were going to set up cameras and film the entire camp voodoo like I, we were miked even we wore like mics
0: oh damn Yeah.
1: And, um, it's all completely captured. And by like the second day I was just like peeing with the mic on. Like I just, I was so out of it. I I truly just completely forgot that the microphone was on. So it's it's pretty crushing looking back and hearing how just stupid I sound sometimes, which I'm going to realize now (laughs) as I listen to this podcast. But, um, but, uh, so that was the other huge, huge thing about that. Um,
0: yeah, so wait, when it's, is that something that we're going to be able to see at some point yes, as well?
1: Yeah, yep, it's being um, yeah. edited right now.
0: Edited right mm-hmm. now? What about the album? When, when, does the, when does everyone, I know there's some tracks already out there, I think yeah. three, I know Follow, yeah. uh, Follow Blind just was just out. released. I love that. That's, Thank you, man. That's real nice and he, it's got some really nice heavy parts that are right up my alley. Um, when does the whole thing kind of become available? Uh,
1: June 12th it comes out oh great yeah and and the the reason why we did this also is because like I was saying earlier and I kind of butchered it but you know just being a new band and sort of the way that I wanted to do this I I chose you know um I it's it's a hard genre to release in. it's hard to get people's attention yep and I Mm -hmm. knew that if you know, let's, people want more releases, but I'm not going to give up the full thought of an album because this is a very specific album. This is about nostalgia. Like, this is meant to be listened from start to finish. I realize there are not many people that care about that, but but I do. So I'm going to do that.
0: I sure did. And
1: the best way to make both people happy is I just pitched the idea of, well, then we'll do two EPs, side A and side B. And when side B comes out, the vinyl will come out.
0: Got it. Got it. Yep. Um... To kind of circle back yes. to where we Sorry, were, it's, all, it's some some of these. So, no, no, not at all. Come on, I'd I love all these tangents. It's it's led to some great storytelling here. Um, no, just I was just thinking about it. I mean, some of these songs, um, Mad Wave even comes to mind. It's so they're so powerful. I would just I would just do anything. I would do anything for live music right now. Anyways, I but I would do anything to to uh, to take these songs in live. And it's gotta. It has to be not to be pessimistic, but. Very frustrating to not be able to bring this out in the way we were talking about earlier, especially since some of these are, these they're just they're just almost you know I, I know there's lots of layers and yeah. you know it 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 had to take place where it did but it's some powerful powerful music and I'm it's 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 some great stuff. Thank you so much, man.
1: It it is yeah. it it hurts the heart a little that we can't mm-hmm. bring it you know to to a room with other people, but but man, you know. We're like I said earlier, we're doing great for 2020.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. And I'm, you know what? Uh, You're mentioning how it's hard for new bands and get to get the word out and everything like that. But I'm I'm really really happy to be a part of that getting the word out with the Voodoo Children and your work here because it's it is something. I mean, I've only heard six songs and. Um, I'm all in uh, it's, it's definitely it's awesome stuff so it's nostalgia is something um, I'm proud to spread the word about and I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it a bunch here too Dude, thank you so much for having me ma'am. absolutely so thanks again and um, thanks to everyone out there for uh, taking a listen here